ought to be in pictures. Well, thanks for tuning in. This is Matt Santos of the Mile High Show. You're listening to episode number 242. And we recorded this at the Raven Cafe in Prescott, Arizona. They can be found at ravencafe.com. One of my favorite places to hang out and record podcasts. I enjoy, uh, I was listening, I thought I had some hum, some feedback. It's the cicadas outside. They're loud. It's that time of year in Chino Valley, Arizona. Anyway, 242, the Raven Cafe in Prescott, Arizona, ravencafe.com. And I sat down, when I say we, I sat down today with a friend of the show, friend of mine, Matt Hinshaw, the host and creator of Real Film Nerds, the Real Film Nerds podcast, realfilmnerds.com, because today's podcast is all about movies. We sat down with the two of us, Matt Hinshaw and myself, sat down with Helen Stevenson of the uh, Prescott Film Festival, and her link is prescottfilmfestival.com. That starts this coming week. So uh, we wanted to talk about the movies that are coming, her relationship with Yavapai College, where she is also a, an instructor. And now, as of the past couple of years, the Prescott Film Festival is fully integrated with Yavapai College, yc.edu, right here in Prescott, Arizona. So the film festival is in its 12th year. She's got a great lineup of films coming in. So we talked to Helen. We did it kind of as a co-podcast between Matt Henshaw and I uh, with Helen uh, to talk about movies, her love of movies, how her uh, her association with the college came about, and uh, and how her and her husband started the film festival. So let's just get right into it. The Prescott Film Festival founder and creator and director, Helen Stevenson, my friend Matt Hinshaw, myself at the Raven Cafe, uh, and all brought to you by, of course, the Raven for letting us take o- take over there, but also by Bully Dog Coffee Company right here in Chino Valley, Arizona. BullyDogCoffeeCompany.com, where you can buy coffee beans roasted right here in the Quad City area, and at the same time help out uh, Patrick Bowler, my neighbor, as he donates a ton of his proceeds to Bulldog Rescue uh, organizations in and around, uh, well, the country, really. He uh, reaches out and takes care of those beloved bulldogs and pit bulls and gorgeous, gorgeous dogs where I have had one. They get a bad rap, and they're gorgeous, gorgeous pups. So bullydogcoffeecompany.com, follow them on social media, order some coffee and some coffee products and Bully Dog Coffee Company merch. Uh, that about covers it, realfilmnerds.com. PrescottFilmFestival.com, YC.edu, and RavenCafe.com. That's all my plugs. That's it. Listen to the show. Enjoy. Give us a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to these podcasts or put a comment on MileHighShow.com. And uh, we've got some good shows coming up for you. A couple already recorded. A lot of fun. A lot of laughs. And uh, now listen to Helen. You ought to be in pictures, my star. You want me to do it? My intro and everything? I know you like to do this intro and record. Okay. We've been recording. <laughs> I know. All right, here we go. Welcome, everyone, back to Real Film Nerds Podcast, episode number 291. I think it's that. That's where it's at. I don't know. I always forget. I should look it up. Don't look at me. I don't listen. 
and there you go. As we know, uh, that is not the typical uh, co-host this week. We have the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mile High Show himself, Matt Santos. Yay. That's where I drop in the... Since I'm editing this, that's where I'm going to drop in the applause break. <laughs> yeah, right perfect. There. That's fine. And this week is a special pod. This is we're staying local. We're not doing a review this week. I don't know if uh, our guest has ever listened to the podcast. If you haven't, I don't blame you. It's terrible. <laughs> but uh, Mrs. Helen Stevenson, Prescott Film Festival, Yavapai College. The list of accomplishments goes on and on and on. And she's here to talk with me and Mr. Santos here about the film festival and why you find people should go. People should go for the experience of watching movies together, the difference that independent films are from studio films. Uh, in my mind, a studio film is, is kind of cut and paste because it's made by a committee. Mm-hmm. And independent films, you have a passion about something and you, you make that film. It, it can be difficult to make a, an independent film because sometimes it's just you. Um, one of them that we have is um, is some firefighters who decided they wanted to make a documentary about how can how can we tell people different ways to fight fires and is there a way to survive living in a forest and not being in a concrete bunker? And so that's what they did, and that's the nice. film is elemental reimagining your relationship with wildfire. That's definitely a very personal film to this area, how much we deal with wildfires, definitely. as we've discussed many times over. But um, yeah, and, and what's the name of that one? It's called Elemental, Elemental, Redefining Our Relationship with Wildfire. Where can folks find out more information on the festival itself and find a list of everything? What's the, what's the good go-to? It's uh, PrescottFilmFestival.com. And an amazing website that my husband created. Links to your socials on there as well, because you also have a uh, Facebook page and Instagram page. They're right. all listed right mm-hmm. there as well. Yes. Great. Yes. 12 years? Yeah. 12 years. Right? Right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I looked at it earlier. It said started in 2010, and I'm not joking. I couldn't figure out in my head if that meant 12 years or 22 years. <laughs> I had to... <laughs> Do we need to start... Like checking out Las Fuentes, see if they have an opening. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, I know you're older than me, but you're not that much older. I just don't have that many fingers. Is see all. what it is, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm not wearing my flip flops, so I can't use my toes. It's it's very confusing, it, man. It hides it because your shaved head, so you don't see the gray hair. So when it comes out, then that's when we know how old you really are. And the wrinkles get filled in because some people use collagen and Botox. I use gravy. Gravy. Yeah, that just that's fills my face out. Wrong. Yep. There you go. Now, now, are you a country gravy person? White gravy. Come on. White gravy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Got it. Got it. Goes better with my chicken. <laughs> See, look, we're already embarrassing Helen. So, wh- what does that have to do with the movies? <laughs> How it's did delicious though? <laughs> Some of my favorite movies are about chicken. What? How did you get involved with the Yavapai program, and what? What exactly is your your thrust with the, with Yavapai College? Because obviously, it's not just to put on this festival every year right. for twelve years. Thank you. I did that in my head. But what? What? What is? What are your other roles over at Yavapai? So the film festival was a volunteer gig for the first ten years. So the college, we donated it. My husband, Don, and I donated it to the college uh, two years ago. 
because we really wanted it to live on beyond us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're we've got other things we want to do, and and how else can you do that unless you have some benefactor that's going to write a huge check? Yeah. It's you look for something where it fits, and it's always since I started it, I thought it would be a fit with Yavapai College, because I knew when the film program started at Yavapai College in Sedona in 2001. Um, I would go out there. I've, I've gone to the Sedona Film nice. Festival since it started. Um, and I, so I just knew there, there could be a fit there. And so in 2008, I started to research, how do you do a film festival? And um, it was a big puzzle because there were only DVDs. There weren't streaming videos in 2008. Yeah. Right. Um, there wasn't a way to score the films. To How do you decide what film do you want in a festival? So, um, so we just, I went to Patrick Schweiss at the Sedona Film Festival, and he was really kind and mentored me basically and said, okay, you know, every time, you know, we would research and then we would do questions. And after his film festival, he'd let us come up and oh, nice. we would give him, give him a list of questions. So, nice. um, so that was hugely helpful. And, um, and then we started the monthly series. And we did the monthly series when it started was at the Frontier Village Cinema 10. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, gave I us, that. Yep. they gave us a room. It was the first digitally projected film in Prescott, maybe in yeah, the county. Wow. <laughs> and, and my husband and my nephew, Jared Haxton, um, figured out how to make it work in, in a theater. So they would give us a theater and they would um, let us just keep everything in a locked room. And so we did that for a few months. We would do it every Wednesday. We figured out that was the slowest day for movie theaters for that particular theater. And they just let us come in for free. They just kept whatever the snack bar made, and that that was great. So we did that a few months, and then we got to this certain film, and they said, oh, by the way, we're closing and this is your last time. <laughs> so we scrambled, yeah. and I called uh, Gary Chartier over at the uh, Yavapai College, and he said, oh, you know, you're in a bind. We'll help you out. So they helped us out, and then, um, and then we decided in 2010, okay, we're, we think we get this. We're ready for an annual festival. Make it official. And we had no idea if anybody was going to come. We just, okay, these are our films, and it's like I I got a whole bunch of films. I mean, we didn't need half the number of films that I programmed, but it was like, I'm so excited. And my husband's like, okay, yeah, whatever. And <laughs> so we were at, at the time, there was a, a gal named Jenny, and we were at what she called the CVB. And that was in the old bank building that now has Dancing Skeleton in it. Okay, yeah, over here on the corner of Cortez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they let us use that space as an office. And we had uh, the downstairs where the vaults were. And so, okay, we're going to have this film festival. And, you know, people started covering it and they started talking about it. And we're just printing the programs as we think we need them. Because they were so <laughs> expensive. You know, we're, yeah. we're doing this out of pocket and we're not millionaires. Yeah. So we, um, we would print a few at a time with a printer in town. And then people started coming in. And it was like... Wait a minute. There's people are actually going to come to a film festival here. <laughs> we couldn't believe it. So we had our other volunteer. His name was John Bigelow. He was downstairs in the basement, and we were printing off tickets on cardstock and using a paper cutter <laughs> to print them up as fast as we could. And it just worked. And it's like 
okay, well, let's just keep doing this and this nonprofit thing and grants. And I'd never written grants before. Um, That's so a just, full-time job in itself. It definitely is. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that was kind of the launch of it. And then um, getting involved with the college, I <clears throat> there was a they were doing something like these educational deep dives called symposiums, mm-hmm. and they were doing one that was on the Civil War, and they wanted to add film to that, and so I volunteered to be the film part of that. And um, while I was volunteering to do that, the person in charge of the college film school quit. And so I spent that weekend doing a tabbed notebook on where I thought the film program could go. And that's how, in 2013, I started working at Yavapai College. Very nice. So you almost made your own job. Pretty much. I I say I volunteered my way into the job. How did you force that other person out, though? What was your technique? (laughs) So for the festival, is it screenings and just the enjoyment of film? Do you do workshops? What else is involved with the... uh, with the Prescott Film Festival? Sometimes we do workshops. This year we're doing film talks um, because there's there were three things that I, I just meet amazing people through the film and media arts program at the college. Uh, one of them is um, is going to do one on a uh, talk on the Arizona Film Tax Credit. Yes. Another one is on the use of trailers and how businesses and companies can use trailers. And he's a member of the Television Academy and oh. he's in Prescott now. And... You know, these, cool. these people are looking for workers. So. And that's fascinating because so, you know, we'll watch a movie that set, you know, to do the, the, the tagline has to do with Arizona or, or wherever. And then you look at it, filmed in Vancouver. It's so odd that especially in like some like major metro areas, you know, New York is not always New York. Some shows obviously and movies obviously really film in the locations. But for a lot of times it's location scouts finding places that could double as and there there is so many lost dollars to the film industry especially in an area where we are where we have so many different style from the deep desert to the metro areas of phoenix and tucson to the older ghost towny type areas of you know jerome the beauty of sedona People can come, crews can come out and film a movie or a TV show in Arizona, travel an hour and a half, and it looks like you're on the other side of the world. And that needs to be capitalized on. And then, as you mentioned, the support of that, trailers, caterers, things of that That, nature. That's the thing, though, it used to be capitalized on. Yeah. I don't want to get political, but growing up, I grew up here, Mr. Santos here, he'll say it in a minute he grew up in the san francisco <laughs> bay area but uh, i grew up in arizona so i grew up in southern arizona so there was a lot of films that were filmed down there in or around that place old tucson studios had for, two different studios for decades that was the hub for westerns yeah. and then it all just fell off because of the tax credit and then we became oh you know what there's a state next to us close enough it's yeah. called new mexico we'll go there yeah and they really that happened when I basically went to college because that was one of the biggest thrills for me growing up as a kid was going to old Tucson Studios for my birthday. They did a nightmare 
horror Hollywood thing, like they call it now Universal's Hollywood Horror Nights or whatever. They did that in two, Old or, Tucson. They or started as Matt that knew it, Prom 30, Night. 30 years ago. Yeah, they did that 30 <laughs> years ago when I was growing up. They started it at Old Tucson, yeah. and it's movie accurate, everything, and I just loved it. Well, how many, how many old away. how many old Ford movies from Monument Valley? You know, oh, yes. Well, decades. Oklahoma was shot in Cochise County. <laughs> there yeah. you go. But there's so much. Oh, yeah, diversity. Right. you're from Cochise County too. Yes, I am. I'm not from as small a town though. Oh, where are you from? Sierra Vista. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Close enough. I'm close. Very I went, close. I went to Douglas because that's where the county fair was. Douglas. That's right. The county yeah. fair was. Would, okay, you may you may uh-oh. be younger than me. At that time, for the county fair, you would, um, on the Friday before the fair started, all of the kids in all the schools would get on a bus, and the bus drivers would just drop them off at the fair. <laughs> yep. No, we, yep, that that happened. I Although, I was a little sheltered. I went to a private school until Ooh. I was in uh, uh, middle school, high school. And okay. so... We took vans, <laughs> parents' cars. I, I, I went to several schools, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> but that is very interesting to, to have a, a, a film talk, I guess kind of model mm-hmm. out like a TED Talk kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. On how to capitalize, how to utilize the resources in any given area. Because there are so many, you know, everything from lodging to transportation to housing, you know, like a trailers, catering, craft services, all that stuff. There's just so many opportunities for a community, for a municipality to 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 capitalize on a film career. There, and periodically, since I've been here for almost 20 years, there have been a few things filmed in this area. But very short, very quick, one-day shoots. They come up from a different area, or they do some exteriors, and that's it. But yeah. it is exciting. Having grown up in the San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> there we go. No, On I, cue. We used to cruise around and go to San Francisco when they were filming uh, Streets of San Francisco and things like that. And just watch them film. It was, a, yeah. it was a day out, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, to be able to see that in, in a smaller community like like Prescott, like uh, the Verde Valley or something, mm-hmm. would be a fun treat to do. So hopefully right. hopefully this film talk will generate <laughs> some of our local uh, leaders to, uh, to, to search those out. I know in recent years, the, the, this area of the state has been trying to court some. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how, how successful they've been. Well, Helen can probably talk to it more than I can, but that tax credit coming back, Huge for the state. Yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, it it's really going to go into effect. It, it goes legally into effect in January, but the uh, Arizona State uh, Commerce Authority asked for and received a year to write the rules. Oh, nice. So in reality, it's going to be 2024 that it'll really get going. But as film companies and producers are searching out locations, I mean, that's a long process anyway. It's a long process. So knowing that's coming up is is a good thing. So what are some of the big highlights for for films coming in this year for the the 2022 festival? Yeah, what's Um, some of your favorites? Because I know you probably watched all of them. My, I did watch all of them. I spent seven days a week watching movies this summer. I'm <laughs> jealous. Is Matt. I'm jealous. <laughs> no, I wish I had that kind of time. I'm lucky to get one movie a week. I and my movie for the review for next week, I watched last night. So I went to the. That's why when you were saying Wednesdays, I usually don't go Wednesdays. I usually go Thursday nights to the theaters. Um, I saw uh, the Woman King for next week. 
And that's uh, I liked it quite a bit. I know it has a lot of controversy around it, but it's a it's a fun one. It's really really good. Viola Davis is amazing, though. So the director of that, Gina Price Blythewood. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in this uh, group called University Film and Video Association, and she was speaking at a conference in Los Angeles, and I just was driven to go and hear her speak because she's just so interesting to me. Nice. And so I went, and I never do this, but I asked for a photo with her, and my <laughs> and my husband took a photo. So I it's oh, on my Facebook awesome. page I that, now. I saw that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I saying, that. I never do this, but. But yeah. I yeah. just was so inspired by her. She's just very nice. Yeah, she's, she's great. A phenomenal job with the film. I really, really enjoyed it. I try not to get political on my shows and stuff. There's a lot of hate surrounding that film because it's historical, but it's not. But it is because they tweaked a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I still think it was fun. So I encourage if you haven't seen it to go watch no, it. I haven't seen it's it. It's very good. It's, and when people say that, I always say, is it a documentary? No, it's not. <laughs> that, so, that's that's one of my arguments that I will probably have is it's not. It's fiction. Right. Yeah. Let it be fiction. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the other thing on the back on the film tax uh-huh. credit for a minute. Sure. Um, the uh, I'm working with uh, Matthew Earl Jones, the Arizona Film Commissioner, on getting production assistants trained. Because oh. what he's seeing in the future and what other producers have told him is, hey, you know, we can bring in our own cinematographer and that's cost yeah. effective. But production assistants, not so much. So he is trying to get, uh, he's working with uh, Yavapai College and three other colleges nice. to train as many production assistants as he can. Oh. So they've got... Um, what a great entry into the industry. It's oh, yeah. perfect. That'd be awesome. Super. Yes, yes. So so that's the other thing we're doing from for the college. Is there well, an age limit on I, I just I just remember when they... <laughs> There's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Santos, Idiot. your new career, or maybe get Anthony going? No, I was going to kick my son in yeah, there. He's almost yeah. working age. He's old. Well, <laughs> I told you, I don't want to leave the house. He's 12, right? 13? 13. 13, yeah, that's oh. working. Yep, he needs he to get is. to work. I got to do it quick, though, because in another year and a half, he's not going to want to speak to me. So yeah. But, but that's one of those things I have to say. When they reopened the film office for Arizona that made me very excited because that was very that was a sad day when they closed it and it was just like okay well they're never making films in Arizona again (laughs) that came about from Bob Parsons yeah he he uh, donated part of the money to start that film office nice he's from GoDaddy of course yeah yeah. yeah. So, what are some highlights for this year? Starting and again, it starts <laughs> yeah, whenever you're download. Whenever yet. you're downloading <laughs> this, it's going to be about five days from when we're recording this. So, a mine will be up like tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not giving you the file. I'm putting mine up first. I do what I want. Oh wait, if you have the file, I've got to ask. So, what are some, what are some ones that are that are re- that really got you excited this year? So, I I really like I Mordecai, <clears throat> the opening night film. It's a it's a comedy. And somehow they pulled this off, and it's based on a, the guy's dad, his his actual family. His dad, his family died in the Holocaust, Ugh. but he's just got this attitude of, okay, I'm you know I'm going to have this good life in Florida, and it's got it stars Judd Hirsch and Carol Kane. Awesome, I know, great cast. Yeah, and he um, he's stuck in his ways, like some older gentleman might be. And he has a flip phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's you, Santos. (laughs) He's always had a flip phone, and the flip phone finally breaks. (laughs) And his son drags him kicking and screaming to an iPhone store. And that opens up his world. 
And it's just what really a, a sweet, funny movie with heart. What a great premise. I like yeah, that. I really liked that one. Yeah. <clears throat> There's one that kept me thinking about it after I'd watched it. And it's like, I, I kept thinking about it, thinking about it for days. And it's called Chess Story and Slash the Royal Game because the distributors are in the middle of changing the title. Yeah. So some of the things said Royal Game and some of the things said Chess Story. So we're right in the middle. But it's a, it's a historical drama about... Um, a gentleman who is in Austria when the Nazis come, and he is a financier. And he's got the code, the code numbers to the bank accounts in his head. Wow. And oh, so wow. the Nazis stick him in a hotel by himself, and they think, okay, we're going to break him. Yeah. And it's not like violent torture or anything. It's, it's mind games that they play with him, and hence chess story. And uh, I just kept thinking about that for oh, a long time nice. afterwards. Wow, that sounds like a great film. Yeah. Wow. That one's really good. Um, I'm really happy. I love cats. And so I don't have a cat, but I love cats. So we have one called Cat Daddies about men. <laughs> Is men this a dog? Love- yes. Yeah, it's a dog. <laughs> men yep. who love cats. And uh, we're going to have a cat adoption before oh, nice. and after the film. So a good cool. tie in with another organization. Right. Yeah. Oh, great. Probably, great. Yeah. You have a Humane Society or someone like it's, that. It's uh, Miss Kitty's Cat House. Oh, yes. She's and very good. Yeah. United Animal Friends. Yeah, are coming. perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're very really excited nice. about that. Yeah. Again, showing how the community involvement in this festival has really helped it grow and solidify over the 12 years, I did that in my head, <laughs> that the Prescott Film Festival has been in existence. Great. We've gotten a lot of support over the years. For sure, um, we could not have done it without. There's grants that we get. There's donations we get. It's really a three pronged, a three pronged stool. It's it's donations, ticket sales, and grants. What's the process for the submission? When do because this, this happens every fall in September. What's the problem? Do, do, so it runs from now, you said the 27th? 27th to October 2nd, I believe. Right. Okay, October yeah. 2nd. Do you then start on the 2023 festival on October 3rd? Or is it how long? What's the prep work, the review process? How do you get your submissions? So I would normally, <clears throat> before streaming happened, we would, yes, be jumping right on it. But now we jump on the grants afterwards because this will end and now I've got to go to X, Y, and Z and start writing grants. And then I have to write the grant reports. Yeah. Well, actually, the college will do part of that now. But um, Nice. Good. Yeah. And that Good is, partnership. I bet your husband's happy about yes. that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so it sounds like you, you, was it your, your nephew who was helping you as well? Yeah, Jared. And your husband. Yeah. And you, kind of a family and project to get this rolling? Kind of, yeah. There, there were us three really at the core. And then uh, Ron Hammer has been um, our board chair forever. Dave Shoemaker is another board person. Um, my friend Ellen Harp has been helping me with marketing since forever. Nice. Um, let's see, Jared. Uh, Sean Van Heck, who owns the Granite uh, Back Alley Garage. He's he is he is like he'll look at a film and know what it should be rated and if our audience will like it. He gotcha. is precision on board. So a finger on the pulse of the community. Yeah. Well, and that's, really yeah. Very that's nice. the question. Do you do you cater your choices for the film festival based on Prescott, the surrounding area, or just people that are coming to the film festival? So it's 
It's kind of everything. Yeah. Okay. So what we do is Matt, Matt had asked about how we get the movies. So we, we get the movies in three different ways. We have um, we have the open submissions, which is through Film Freeway, and we have I have a director of curation. His name is Mike Simone in Phoenix. And he goes to all these film festivals, and he brings me back lists and trailers and says, okay, these are the ones that I think might be a fit yeah. for Prescott. Right. Because really, we are, most of our audience is from the Yavapai County. Yeah. Um, we get, the most of the out-of-town people are from Tucson or California. Yeah. Interesting. Phoenix, for some reason, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't come very often. Huh. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's interesting, even just this slice of Yavapai County, Prescott in general. I'm I'm learning more of this. Uh, you know, being working with some other productions and with the Elks Theater, there is Prescott, and there's what people think about Prescott, and what has been traditionally Prescott, and then there's the arts in Prescott that are a whole different ball game. And when you do a a, a live public event like a film festival or a, a, a any type of a show. A showing of some kind, you get a nice blend of the old guard and the artistic community, and those are vastly different sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how how those two sides blend. And I see that in some live comedy where it's like this is not going to go over well with half of the crowd, and then surprisingly, it's like oh. They all enjoyed this. Yeah. Same thing with film. You may yeah. think this is what's going to really be attracted to the old guard Prescottonians, and you see the other side enjoying it just as much. And that's what Prescott's a, 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 an odd duck in right. that in that aspect. Yeah, it really is, and we we see that especially with what we call our horse film. So every yeah. Year, <laughs> yeah. every year we try to get a horse film. We find one that's good. Um, when we had Harry and Snowman, we sold out that thousand oh, wow. seat theater because nice. that was that was an amazing film. That must have been an experience. That many people in there. It was yeah. fun. Wow. We did that for Wishman too. Yeah. Frank yeah. Shankowitz's yeah. movie. Well, that, yeah. that movie was great. He it's did really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was really good. Yeah, I miss Frank. He's so, a good dude. Yeah. So over the years. 12 years did that without counting. 12 years of doing that. I saw you looking at your fingers. I have a note written on my (laughs) face. What, what is, is there any one or two films that really stick out where you go, I like this. I didn't know if it was going to be successful and it was just wildly accepted or anything that really shocked you is like, I had no idea how good this was going to be. I think, I think we've talked about the two films that really, I, my daughter Danielle found Harry and Snowman. She told oh, wow. me about it forever. She said, "There's this book, and they're going to make it into a documentary, and we're going to have to get it." So she was following it and feeding it to me. And I said, "Okay, honey, you can do the announcement for the film and before oh, nice. it starts, you know." <clears throat> and so she goes out on stage, and it's sold out, and it's just unbelievable. Wow! So that I I didn't know that that would happen, um, and. Um, and I thought that Frank's film would pack the house. Yeah. I did. And that was the the sweetest ending of that was uh, I had to fight them. I had to fight Frank to say, you need to do it in the pack because there's got to be enough seats for everybody. Yeah. They wanted to do it someplace else. And I said, you can, but. And um, so he finally capitulated and said, oh, okay. And then when we had, it was word kind of got out that we were going to screen it. 
a woman contacted me and said, hey, my daughter's a wish kid, and she survived. Oh, man. And she really wants to thank him personally. Fantastic. Oh, wow. So the screening, the movie happened, and so I'm up there with Frank just trying to Q&A, and I'm like nudging the mom, and the daughter's really nervous. She doesn't, you know, doesn't speak in public ever. And she asked me, can I write everything down? I said, honey, just write it down and read it. It doesn't matter. She walks out there, and he was just bowled over, and he said he always, when a wish kid comes up, he always puts his cowboy hat on them. And he did that for her. And it was just a moment that I'll never forget, and that was really rewarding. And, yeah, God bless him. I I miss Frank, too. He's an amazing human being. He was. Yeah. He invited all the film students out. He kept to the shoot when he was shooting Wishman. He would keep. He put me on the list to get the. Uh, yeah. And and I would just get the schedule every day. It's like, okay, can anybody come? And <laughs> so glad I went and took the Very time nice. to take the kids out there. Yeah, that was, was one of those special ones because it's Frank lived in the community. Yeah. Basically from here, not but was but was yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. he was mostly stationed over in Cottonwood, but um. Just he made the film here. Mm-hmm. No, it was probably a massive struggle, but he did it here. Nice. He called in every favor. He told me. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, a ninety. I, I think at least ninety-five percent of that film was made in and around the Prescott area. Yeah, nice. yeah. And it's it's so much fun um, to see your town on the big screen. Yeah, it, there's something yeah. about it that gives you a little thrill. And I um, I heard from a reporter in newspaper reporter in Peoria this week and he asked me about um, uh, about how film could shooting a film someplace could make it to an iconic place and I said well yeah that's tourism I said that's the other thing that film in a community brings is tourism because people still go to that cornfield and you know, (laughs) field of dreams. Yeah, what is (laughs) well now they have a full on baseball stadium built there that they have a game every year there now. I I tell you what, this is something that drives that drives my son nuts when we're watching TV or a movie. I've gotten addicted to having my phone with me because while we're watching something, especially things, I'm I'm kind of obsessed with 1940s L.A. and San Francisco. San Francisco because I know it. But L.A., just because so many of the great TV shows and movies that I grew up watching were there. So whenever they mention an address, I'll look it up. and Or I'll go on IMDb and look where they filmed, where they actually... And that's why I'm like, I'm all excited. I go, yeah, it's not, it's Vancouver. That's not, that's, you're lying to me. But I'll go in and then I'll start Googling the maps. <laughs> look, I'm watching the movie, but I got to see it. And especially when I see, like I'll be watching a movie that's in San Francisco... And they'll reference a corner that doesn't exist. I'm thinking, those streets never touch. They don't they <laughs> stop lying. But I get fascinated with those. And then when we were, we did a trip to LA for work a couple months ago. And one afternoon, that's what we did. We cruised around and I was showing him uh-huh. the police building, you know, from Dragnet, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And he was loving the Santa Monica Pier, you know, it's from Rockford Files. <laughs> so my husband was born and raised in Los Angeles. Yeah. And he. He's a, a little bit older than me, and they still had the red car. Oh, yeah. And he would take the train. His parents lived in, um, in around Long Beach, and he would, mom would put him, he was four years old, put him on the train, send him to Los by Angeles himself? by himself. <laughs> 
and grandma met him at the train and that's what it was you do that so, now and you'll you'll not only be on tv yeah. it'll be on the news yeah <laughs> yeah so so we decided we need to do something to distract us during the pandemic so we watched every single episode of perry mason Wow. In Los Angeles. And yeah. sometimes they shot outside. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. Look it up. Does the building still exist? And it was just Go like, check it out. Yeah. There's there's a, a couple famous Instagram accounts where a, there's a young guy that's a huge film buff, and he'll travel the country nice. to go find these locations of these famous films, houses, public property. You know, he doesn't disturb private property of his homes, but he'll take a picture of himself in front of the house and be like, "Here's, here it is. It's Very still nice. here. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't remember what it is, but. So outside of the festival or inside of it, either way, what is in your mind, Helen, the, the best movie that nobody knows about? Oh, that nobody knows about. Star Wars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> one day I'll watch it, Matt. One day. One day I will watch it. This is why we're not really friends. <gasps> I hate him. Uh, <laughs> nobody what's knows the unsung is. hero? What's the... What's I, I like to ask you... That now, um, we're going to name drop here. Celebrity in the house, Nick Canuel is right behind you at the bar. Uh-huh. And I've had him on my podcast several times. One of the best musicians you'll ever meet, and he's right here in Prescott. I like to ask musicians, who's the... who's who do you love that nobody knows about? So when people are either writers or artists, in your case, in the film industry, what's a movie that you absolutely love that when you mention to people, they go, I've never heard of that? It, and I'm surprised people haven't heard about this movie, but it's Kubo and the Two Strings. I will make note of that. I don't know what that is. Okay. That makes two of us. Excellent. Okay. Great. Now I'm going to have to watch it. She just <laughs> called us dumb. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that she called us dumb, but... It's... Well, and that's because... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Never well, mind. actually, I did. <laughs> no. Not at all. Because it's stop motion animation. Okay. But it's got... Um, George Takei is one of the voices in it. Nice. And it is this lovely story um, about... It's based on a Japanese folktale. And the stop-motion animation, the people are in um, Northern California that do these films. Yeah. Uh, they did Caroline. And um, they've, they've done several films. And they hand-make every little piece of this oh, film. Wow. It is absolutely a work of art. And it's based on a Japanese, Japanese folk tale. Nice. Mm-hmm. What's the gist of it? What's the it's um, spoilers. Yeah. Well, don't tell me how it ends. Don't well, don't tell me how the guy dies at the end. Oh wait, I'm sorry. The theme the theme song is "While My Guitar Gently Weeps." Ooh. So with and a beautiful Enough said. Got to look it up. Beautiful okay, rendition great, of it. Great. So, and after you watch the movie, look at the behind the scenes YouTube's. Ooh, nice. Because they like there's there's this one scene where these women have these um, they fly also and they have it's kind of a fantasy. They have, well, kind of a fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if women are flying with wings and feathers, I guess it's a fantasy. She's not hanging out in the right parks. <laughs> what are you yeah, talking about? Exactly. <laughs> no but, comment. <laughs> but they have. <laughs> they have feather wings, and they show putting each and every feather oh in the right goodness. place. I mean, it's a work of art. So this is 100% stop motion, not CGI, because there's a lot of blends and things there's like that. There's a tiny, it's mostly like probably 90% 
stop motion. Oh my All goodness. the yeah. The, the only things involved. they did to blend it, I mean, they did the water in a really cool mythology method. Yeah. Um, but they did a little bit of CGI, I think, for the water scenes. Yeah, did the production aspect of it, but the, the gist of it is all, oh, how neat. They, they made the water go. They, they come up with things that's a combination of engineering and art that is Fantastic. out of this world. Nice. Yeah. So how did you, how, how did film become so big in your life? What was the, what was it, were your, were your parents into movies? Did you go as kids all the time? No. <laughs> no. I was deprived? Born, I was deprived. Oh, I, my goodness. I was born and Poor raised Helen. in Cochise County. And when I was young, we only had um, the drive-in. And the drive-in was only open in the summer. And so you got the B movies in the drive-in. Yeah. And then uh, one day there was a musical came. The Lyric Theater is in Bisbee. And yeah. that was 25 miles away. But my parents, we weren't... We were not very wealthy, let's just say. Yeah. So my... Um, well, you yeah. lived in a Bisbee suburb, so... Yeah, of, that's true. I would, Enough I don't, said. I wouldn't no. call Douglas no, a Bisbee Douglas suburb. No, Douglas is not a Douglas Bisbee. is its, its own, own thing. thing. Yep, yep. yep. Um, so gas was... To give you a, a frame of reference, we would drive over to Mexico to get gas because it was a nickel a gallon. <laughs> wow. And... Um, but they didn't want to spend the money to go yeah. to Bisbee or any place, you know. We went to church three times a week, but that was it. <laughs> so the the this movie called The Flower Drum Song, yes. which is, I don't know, it would yeah. never play now, um, was in Bisbee. And so that was the first movie I saw was at the Bisbee in, Lyric. First in, the, in a theater, in indoor in a, theater. Yeah, well, we didn't have television. Yeah, but you, you said you, the drive-in, you had a drive-in. There drive was the drive-in. But I was pretty young when The Flower Drum Song came out. Gotcha, so. okay. It probably was the first movie I saw because I, the drive-in nice. things were like horror movies and gotcha. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah, the, yeah. the cheapo. Yeah, I mean, when I was films. a teenager, yeah. we would go, you know, now, I'd see them. Young, young seeing that, did that grab you, or was it just the event of seeing it and going? The event of seeing it was really cool, but then a few years later, now, what grabbed you? What was the film that grabbed you? Mary Poppins. Really? Yes. Because I was, here's a little girl. I can't remember how old I was, but I still have my Mary Poppins doll. Oh, wow. neat. Um, but we were visiting my sister in Texas, and um, I'm one of six. And yeah. I had three older sisters and then a younger brother and sister. And so we would we go, most of us, to Texas, and we visited my sister. And they decided to take us to see Mary Poppins. And that, I could not believe how magic that oh, was. Oh, nice. Yeah. The penguins are dancing. Yep. There's a cartoon and a real person. You know, how is that happen? happening? So, yeah. Now you're hanging out at the right Okay, parks. so I got questions. <laughs> this is one that I talk about on the podcast with my co-host all the time. He and I grew up loving films. I remember marrying, watching Mary Poppins as a young kid. Um, we watched movies growing up. The theater I went to, you maybe you know, maybe you might have been gone by then. But R&M Cinema, it was right downtown, Sierra Vista, three screens, horrible seats falling apart. Yeah. Now it's a church, but anyways, that's where I went. I saw everything there. Okay. But um, the the discussion that me and my co-hosts have a lot, we both feel that it's important to go and have that experience sitting in a theater watching it on the big screen not being distracted by your phone and that's dying that's clearly dying yeah. COVID's gone theaters are opened up people are just not returning 
do you think theaters are still going to have a place in this world soon? Or do you think streaming is finally going to wipe them completely out? I My theory is that we're still going to continue having theaters, but it's going to be more like going to like a play or going to a bigger performance, and it's not going to be $10 to get in. It's going to be a lot more than that. And I'm afraid of that. Um, I think that... I think films are still going to exist in the theaters, but it's going to have to be events. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I remember going to see Top Gun when it first came out. I was in LA at the time. I went to a big screen theater in Santa Monica so I could see it with the best sound and picture possible. Yep. I was not going to wait for that to come out on DVD. I'm going to go see yeah. Top Gun in a big theater. And I went to Harkins and saw Top Gun. Um, and I, don't regret a minute of it it was a blast and it was so much fun to do that and that's what we kind of try to do with the film festival is make everything an event uh, the cat adoption before and after yeah. the uh we're going to show grease and do a sing-along perfect nice. and i have nanette hofer who's um she's the musical theater instructor mm-hmm. at the professor at the college and she's going to be in front of everybody and doing that we've got a little prop bag that you know you get as you come in oh, nice and um and so that's an experience. Um, we have for the, the horse film this year uh, is called The Long Rider. Mm-hmm. And we're doing an experiment and showing it twice. <clears throat> because oh. usually we just show it one time. And usually the horse people come. And that's the only film they come to see. But this film is so good. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid of horses. I mean, I have ridden a horse once, and my daughter's totally into horses. My my youngest, she's actually my stepdaughter, but she's totally into horses. And we were in Colorado, this gorgeous mountain, you know, forest and trails and stuff. And it's like, okay, I'll ride a horse, and let's let's do this experiment, and I'll ride this. And she does like all kinds of horse things. Yeah. Her since she was two, her mom had her on a horse. So we get on the horse, and I kid you not. I remembered getting on, you know, commercial horses when putting my kids on commercial horses at the um, at a park in Los Angeles, and there was a seatbelt. You got a seatbelt, so I get on the horse, and I said, "Where's the seatbelt? Where do you put your quarter?" Said, yeah. Those are the horses I rode. Yeah, <laughs> there was no seatbelt, and now I start. I'm I'm scared to death, yeah. and then it was like the longest hour of my life. I just couldn't wait to be over, because the horse is this wide, and I'm showing like yards wide, yeah. and the trail is this wide. It's like a foot right. wide for the trail, so it's like yeah. So I said, so I'm not a horse person, so it's like okay, we got to get a horse film so I found this film and looked at the trailer I thought wow that looks really good so I talked to the filmmaker and he sent me the screener and I was um, so I started to look at it and then I I sent it to my husband because he puts it into the review system which we Uh haven't gotten to yet but there's a review system we do where people that are trained we have trained people they go on to this system that he built and they watch the movies and score them and um, he said Okay, I, I just got this movie you sent me. How how far are you watching this now? And I said, Yeah. And he says, How far are you into it? And I said, About ten minutes. And he said, Well, let's watch it together. It's really good. It was really good because nice. it's also a story of adventure. So, oh, it's this this the long rider. It's a designation. If you ride a horse from this distance to that mm-hmm. distance, it's so many miles. And this gentleman rode horse a horse from. Canada to Brazil. Oh my wow. goodness. Think of all I the, don't want to drive that far. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
Think of all the borders you have to cross. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Think of the drug cartels. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a huge adventure, and there's... So we decided that the film... Normally, we have our horse film on Saturdays at 4 o'clock. That's Mm -hmm. the time the horse people like. But he could only come on Tuesday, Mm -hmm. or, you know, on a certain day of the week. And let's see, I don't want to tell the wrong day. So he can come on... um, yeah, it is on Wednesday, September twenty eighth. He could so he's flying. The f- director producer is flying in from Canada, and he's going to do a Q and A after the oh, film. Oh, nice! So we're thinking, okay, we've got our film people for this date, and then we'll have our horse people yeah. for the other date. So we'll see how it goes. We've never we haven't done that before. Huh. So, um, but it's a really good film, and we're just really thrilled that he's coming to nice to to share it with us. I, I was really fortunate. My mom grew up in the 30s and 40s and Saturday was their movie day they went in at 9 o'clock in the morning paid their nickel and they came out it was dark so that was their big treat every week they went to the went to the theater so growing up that's what we did and it was always to to Matt's question of the the going away of a theater to me it's like like going to there's two things that I never get tired of walking through the dark tunnel the the covered area of a ball field and then coming out and seeing the green of a baseball field yeah it's not the same for walking into an arena for basketball it's not the same for a football field when you walk in to the church of baseball and it's there there's nothing like sitting in a dark theater pitch black and then the screen lights up and the previews start the trailers start and it's time to be quiet you don't have it. Well, growing up, there was no phone, but you can't stop it. You got to make sure I'm going to get my snacks. I'm going to get my my soda, my popcorn. I'm going to use the bathroom. I'm going to because once those lights go out, I'm not leaving this seat. And that for a, a child, my son's 13, growing up in the TV generation. Anyway, we tried to do that. He he was the only four year old that I knew that could quote. Uh, John Wayne's Hatari. That was his fa- still is his favorite movie. Came out in '62, I think. John Wayne movies he loves. He loves Bogart. He, he didn't see a, like a, a modern cartoon till he was about seven or eight. So he's basically the youngest old man he, he you is. will ever meet. Now he's starting <laughs> to like things like this Trek Wars movie that Matt Trek likes. Wars. I don't know whatever it's called. <laughs> And he's like now a normal 13-year-old kid. I miss my 40-year-old midget that used to live in our house. But when I hey, took him to his... I'm 40, and I like the Trek Wars. <laughs> when I took him to the first theater movie at Harkins, I don't even remember what the movie was. Oh, dude, but I remember you called and told me. Five minutes into it, he goes, yeah. Bob, can you pause it? I was like, no, we can't pause it. I'm sorry, kiddo. But now he lo- We don't get a chance too often, but we when we do go to the, to the movies, to the theater... It is, for us, it's an event because we don't go every week. We used to when I was a kid. But now it just, life happens. So now when we go to a theater, it's a big deal. I have a very good friend of mine who gifted us this massive TV that's in our No idea who that was. (laughs) Matt gave us this huge, I don't know, it's 75 inch, I think. Yeah, it's 75, yeah. And it's on a, a wheel stand. So what we have done in the past is put it up against a sliding glass and we'll sit out in the yard. On So it's our version of a drive-in. I have not been able to take them down in the valley. Glendale still has their yeah, drive-in. Yeah, I think that's the only one. Yeah. And we're going to take the pickup truck 
He's gonna let. We're gonna all lay in the back of the pickup truck with a sleeping bag, and that's that's our. It's on our plan. We haven't had a chance to do it yet, but well, you gotta have the right movie for that. Yeah, and I'm sure go, there's several coming out. But to go into Hopefully. the theater <laughs> is such a an experience. Every, every time I go into a theater, for me, it's an event. I mm. I love doing it. And I, I really hope that, that that does not go away because I unfortunately now ingest most of my movies and television while I'm working, while I'm mm. editing and rendering or, or doing pictures or whatever. Well, yeah. So I do them in pieces, you know, like 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there. It's very rare that I get to sit down and watch a movie from start to finish. Right. And there's, that's the only way it should be done. Well, there's your excuse then to go every week <sighs> is then yeah. take that two hours, unfortunately, two and a half hours, and just turn off your phone and take Un- be with your son. Unfortunately, my free time is usually between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. That's fine. So <laughs> there's not too we'll many theaters to that are open. <laughs> <laughs> I love Harkins. I don't want to you know, slam our other movie theater, but I, I've gotten... Uh, I'll make the extra journey to go to Harkins because yeah. one thing I like that they do... They, they haven't done it a lot, and I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but Harkins really tries to get the independent films in their theaters. There might not be a ton... There'll be maybe one, two at a time, but that's more than anybody else is doing. And I love that because I will go and see those independent films because I can't get them anywhere else. Well, I call them if something's coming up and I see that it's screening in in Phoenix and I say, hey, can we get that here? And once in a while, we get it here. Nice. Yeah. So you're talking about the experience of movies. We have the... um, The final uh, event of the festival is a silent film with live accompaniment. Oh, oh nice. Awesome. So we Those were the films you grew up on. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I was patting Matt's back, not Helen's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> Just know. to clarify, no Just one's clarify, here. I, yeah. <laughs> I love talkies. <laughs> I know I'm terrible. I'm sorry. We, we, there was an old theater, an old movie house, the, the Lorenzo, and it was because I, like I, said, I grew up in an area. There was there was San Francisco fi- there Bay was, area. There was five theaters in my small town. Yeah, you know, oh, and each man. one had its own flavor. That's but heaven. the Lorenzo in the next little town over was a single screen old movie house from the teens in the twenties, yeah. and at when I was growing up, it was run down. And that was the retro theater where you can go in. You know, they would do the Midnight Rocky Horror. Oh. They would do things like that. But they, every once in a while, they would do a um, a Three Stooges marathon that would start at midnight, and we would get out when the sun was up. Wow. And they would have raffles and contests and things. It was fantastic. Fun. But it was a lot of fun. And then they would do the kitty matinee where they – and it was 50 cents to get in. And it was – to drop the kids off in the morning, at, my mom would go because that's where she grew up. Doing, but a lot of families would just drop the kids off at nine o'clock in the morning, then pick them up at three in the afternoon, and it was just a madhouse. But it was, I loved going into that type of in Palo Alto. The Stanford Theater was great. That's where I first saw. Um, uh, Citizen Kane on the big screen. Mm-hmm. It was where I first saw the Maltese Falcon on the big screen. These are movies I'd watched on my yeah. television growing up, and then afterwards on VHS and on DVD. Well, yeah, but Again, to see them on the big it's yeah. events to be Those events. Yeah, for you to, even you know something like Citizen Kane. Like yeah. if that was on the big screen, I'd go and see it just oh. to see it on the big screen. Yeah. There's a lot of even 80s and 70s films that you know Jaws. Jaws is a great one. They re-released Jaws. 
in recently in the theaters just yeah. to be able to see it on the big screen. Now that kid, what would you correct me? Seventy five when that came out, something like that. Or seventy four, seven. It was either seventy five or seventy seven. Uh, it was seventy seven. Was it seventy seven? Yeah. I so remember. I was eleven when that came out. I yeah. was not existing. I was too young. <laughs> I was too young to see Jaws on the big screen. Wow. And we went out opening weekend. Yeah. And because I'm I'm the youngest of six, uh-huh. because of the 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 project of getting us on the car. And anytime we went anywhere to a ball game to the movies, at least one or two neighborhood kids came with us. We'd pack in the station, so we never got anywhere on time. <laughs> we would typically walk in during the previews or just before them. And for me, like I said, part of the fun was to sit there and then have the lights come down. Yeah. Only seats left, first and second row. Yep. So to see Jaws at 11 years old on the in the first row, second row was terrifying to say the least. Yeah. My sister was 13. No, let's see. If I was 11, she was 17 because she's old and uh, never listens to the show. She, but she was so terrified. She wanted to leave the theater and was afraid to turn her back on the screen. Whoa. And for years after. She would not go swimming. And we were a beach family. We would go to Santa Cruz twice a month during the spring and summer. She would not step foot in the water. She wouldn't go in a swimming pool. For a while, we had a big roast in our freezer, and she was afraid to open the freezer. because Go get me some ice cream. I'm not looking at that roast. (laughs) She was terrified. It was great. It was fantastic. Helen, go ahead. Finish what you were saying earlier before Santos interrupted. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So, I'm all over the place. Well, it, what you were saying made me pop in that into my brain that the um, in Douglas when I was I think in junior high or high school, late junior high, we did get a twoplex. It's called the Alco Theater, but it was um, a metal building. Ooh. <laughs> so you can How's imagine. That for yeah, that must I know have been wonderful. it was it was not great. So, um, but what we've done with the silent film is it's uh, Steamboat Bill Jr. with Buster Keaton. And we fly in an orchestra from Colorado, and they normally do the soundtracks for silent film DVDs. And so we get a restored copy. We've got a live orchestra. We're in a big theater. Oh, nice. It's like you've recreated it right there. That is fantastic. That's going to, yeah, that's a true event experience right Right. there. Yeah, it is. And, And I think films in general, when you see them at a film festival and you have, you know, we'll, we'll have a guest filmmaker for almost every film um, except Steamboat Bill Jr. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Buster. a tough one. Yeah, Buster's we gone. Take him up. The, we can get the Ouija board out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it becomes an, a communal experience. Yeah. And you really, the most fun thing is to just sit in the audience and watch after a film and nobody wants to leave the theater because they're talking about it. Yeah. So it erases all your boundaries. And it doesn't matter where you're from or what your background oh, is yeah. or what your beliefs are. You've just had a shared experience. And now you're going to talk about it to your neighbor. Yep. And your neighbors are random. They're just random people. People, yeah. Yeah. So I love Strangers that. in the theater. Yes. What a great experience. And what a great opportunity to bring a vast variety of things to Prescott that typically wouldn't be here so over 12 years and i did that without counting 12 years of bringing this festival to prescott what an accomplishment kudos to you and your husband so how do our listeners attend the festival where do they get tickets do they have to go 
tickets for the whole festival? Can they buy individual tickets? Can they tell us a little bit about that? Okay, so you can buy an individual ticket. If you only care about fighting fires, you can get that one ticket. Or them horse people. Or them horse people, yeah. yeah. I'm skipping that one. I'm not a horse people. <laughs> it's so go Wednesday night, where it's a horse movie without the horse people. Well, no, I would, I, if I was going, I would prefer to go Wednesday to hear the creator the there. The yeah. That would be yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can get um, individual tickets. You can get a 10-pack, which is a discount of 10 films. Um, you can get a Platinum Pass experience, which means you have uh, – we have a VIP director's loft upstairs in the balcony. Nice. And there's food there and snacks. And um, Do they have duck wings? They don't no. have – we okay. are not doing duck wings. No spicy duck wings. That is way too Courtesy spicy. Courtesy of the Raven Cafe, today's sponsor of the Mile High Show. <laughs> Uh, so, and you get uh, reserved seats in the theater. There's little things, uh, little cloth things they put over the seats to reserve them nice. for you. And, and then we have, before the silent film, there's the Riverboat Bash, which is uh, hors d'oeuvres and a uh, couple of glasses of wine. Mm. And then you go in and you watch the so movie. talking about making this a real event. That's yes. the way to go. Yes. Nice. Yeah. And where do they get them? Uh, the website is prescottfilmfestival.com. And there's a link. Every every film has a link to the tickets. And the tickets are at uh, Yavapai College, YCPAC.com. Very nice. Yeah, they're uh, Performing Arts Center box office as well or just online? Uh, the box office, Box yeah. office you, as well if you want to... If you're in town and you want to drive over there. And yeah. there's a link on the college, yc.edu yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. And you can... Um, the box office opens the hour before each film. Nice. So you could just go early. and. But get, get, get them ahead of time. Yeah. Get get your reserve spot. You don't want to yeah. get out there and then find that uh, that you got to sit next to Matt or me. That would <laughs> I'll shower, maybe. Ah. <laughs> I, I, let me, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We're, we're coming up on the thing. Did you have on what else? thing? I, want, on, on I don't have anything okay. else. I'm going to ask you, Helen, because I've already asked Matt. Uh -oh. He's been on many times. This is something. So what you're saying is now I can go? No. All right, I'll I, see you later. I try and ask my guests this, and then I always forget. <laughs> but uh -oh. it's perfect for here. Helen, they're making a movie about you. Keep that in mind. It's oh, the Helen gosh, Stevenson yes, I, life story. Oh, he started this with me. I hate this. First off, who plays you? Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Yeah. What type of a film is it? What's the genre? It is. Um, so, so I'm writing this script right now. So, <laughs> are you uh -oh. okay? Uh oh. <laughs> Look out, Meryl. She's it's, an avid listener of the a, Mile High Show, by the way. Clue. <laughs> no, no, it's. Um, Everyone that I tell stories about growing up on the border finds it fascinating. And I have these weird stories. And I'm one of six kids and amazing parents. And it's just kind of like, it's a little bit like Walton's, but we're on the border. Gotcha. And this, you know, and my dad read a book about, um, a, that a, a border patrol officer wrote after he had been, you know, uh -huh. resigned from the border patrol. And it's scary, the drug cartels, etc. Oh, yeah. And he said if he had known that was going on, he never would have raised his kids there. Wow. But we're out in the middle of 40 acres and um, never had any problem. Okay, so this movie, it's, it's, it's a biography. Do you keep it in real time in the, in the decades you were growing up? Do you make it a period piece? Is it a... Does it take place in the future? What you got some room to play? No, you're the producer. I'm, I no, I've already thought of this. I want it to be about twenty years earlier than okay when gotcha. I grew up because I I just love the I love the forties and the fifties. 
especially the 1940s. I mean, yeah. the hats, the brooches. Okay, I love old brooches. I did just, you know, it's just adorable. I was born in the mid-60s. When I picture myself, I picture myself when my parents were growing up for some reason. Because those yeah. are the stories I grew up hearing as well. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so what's the soundtrack like? That's my next question. Oh, I have not thought of that. Okay. Don't know. Because now we we have seen this more and more in recent decades, in recent years, where a period piece, whether it be a Western or like Knight's Tale pops into my head where it's set in the Middle Ages and they're using modern music. Or you'll watch a, uh, a, a current film and they're using really retro period music and things. So again, you can mix it up a little bit. So start thinking about that, Helen. It's taking place in the 40s and 50s. Gosh, but is it a punk punk music going it's, through it's there? It's John Williams. Jo- okay, oh, good. My, so, traditional. Yes, good, yes good, good. John Williams all day. But Very no, nice. there was, Speaking of that, I actually saw a film not long ago that it was a more serious period-centric film with rap. Yeah. And it just really did not work for me at all. See, there are certain ways that can be, it can really add to the movie that I've seen and others where it just like clunk and you're not sure. It it just came out of nowhere. It's like, really? That that doesn't make sense why that song's playing right now. And you don't want to be taken out of the movie. I mean, that's what I tell the students. It's like, Okay, your audio better be good. You better, you know, all the things we look at when we decide films and when we rate them, one of them is, is it taking you out of the story? Because you get in there to be in that world and to experience that world. And if it's something wrong, it takes you out. Well, you were talking about this in another interview other than ours. And I say There are no other interviews other than ours. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. But uh, no, and I say this to people all the time if you walk out of the theater and a day or two days later you're still talking about that movie you know it's a good movie yeah yep. that's just a fact yep that's what chess story is oh yeah. fantastic anything coming up in the world of film that you're looking forward to other than the Prescott Film Festival any movies that are in, in production or, or that are soon to be released or anything out there that you're looking forward to seeing um, well, I want to see Steven Spielberg's new film because he's, you know, growing up in the city. He's, he's a little mm-hmm. bit older than me, but not that much. And I just, and it was in Phoenix. So I just want to experience that. Nice. Does he go to Legend City? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> what are you looking forward to, Matt? Film buff who sees at least one movie a, mo- uh, a week? There's not a big, big stuff. There's not a whole lot coming out, honestly. No, just in general. So. When's just Avatar wondering. coming out? Well, so that's, I think that's coming out next summer. Oh, um, They're releasing, re-releasing uh, the original this weekend for, I think it's an anniversary or something, hmm. but special showing Sunday and Monday only. And so I will probably be going to that, even though I'm not a super huge fan of Avatar. I mean, it's, the world's cool. It's very pretty. The story is Dances with Wolves, but it is. <laughs> oh, that, that was a magical thing that happened when... We screened Dances with Wolves, and the writer came up. Oh, wow. Yeah, Michael Blake. He was, he was pretty ill, um, but he still made the time to come up, and we put Dances with Wolves on the big screen, and he wanted to be here for it. Nice. It was beautiful. That, yeah. That's a, I know that film gets a lot of flack in today's 
world. That's another one we do on the pod a lot is when we do older films is if you can make it today. And it's surprising. Does it hold up? Yeah. No, no. Not does it hold up. Is if you can make it today. (laughs) There's stuff that like Dances with Wolves. If you made it today, you would have to change a lot because people, a lot of people really hate that movie now because of what it was. You know, it's um, the misrepresentation of the Native Americans is what a lot of people say now. You know, now, not then, right? Yeah, but right. now, and so that's that's some of the things. Like, there's uh, one we just did recently. We big we did a uh, Big Trouble in Little China, oh. <laughs> fun, goofy yeah. '80s sci-fi. Could you make that today in the way they made it then? Probably not, because there's things that they do and say stereotypes that yeah. Back then it was fine, and it was not fine, but it was just accepted. And now everybody is offended about everything. Yeah, I don't want to get political. I'm but offended just, by that statement. I'm offended by your smell. <laughs> that's actually the duck wings. <laughs> that's the duck wings. They're, you're sweating them out now. <laughs> Again, Helen, where can they find information on the festival, and what are the dates? Um, PrescottFilmFestival.com, and it is September 27th to October 2nd. Fantastic. I'm good. You good, Matt? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on, Helen, and chatting with us. This was a great experience. I know we took up a lot of your evening, but uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you. I did, too. Thanks. Appreciate it. And thank you to the Raven, home of duck wings. (laughs) Korean barbecue duck wings. As Jupiter and Mars, you ought to be in pictures, my star of stars. When we are all alone You'd make every girl and man a fan Worshipping at your throne You ought to shine as brightly As Jupiter and Mars You ought to be in pictures My star, my star